podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Welcome back everyone to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet and welcome back to a true episode of ESSR Central. I am your host, Ross McLeod. I've been away for about a month. Haven't missed much, I don't think. You know, not much has changed in the entire month I've been gone. Just the typical status quo, just men biting other men and grown men throwing tantrums, record-breaking UK shows, record-breaking shows in the Northeast. Tony Khan throwing shots, Triple H throwing shots, nothing, nothing that's out of the ordinary with wrestling. I haven't really missed anything, but in case I did, my guide through the past month of this murky world of wrestling, Chris Anthony Lopez. Chris, how are you? I'm good, man. It's also my return to Central. It's been a minute. We both have been away from Central, me longer than you, but I'm happy <laughs> to be here. I'm very happy to be here because like you said, we haven't really missed much the past month and not wrestling is everything's all perfect and we're all in harmony and we're syncing up really well it's it just makes sense so we're we're good right everything's good absolutely absolutely we were going to record this last night but i think when we both kind of spaced we thought dynamite we we know dynamite's going to be a big one tonight we'll wait until after that so as to avoid the central curse I still don't think we'll avoid it. I know for a fact something will break as soon as we go off the air. <laughs> but oh, that, yeah. it, it always happens. But before we get into that, I'm a bit rusty here, so you have to bear with me. But remember, you can listen to all our back catalogue, Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, and Android. And it's at Suplex Retweet, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, you name it, we're on it. Get involved in the conversation over in the Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat community. You can join that group on Facebook, get involved in the conversation, have your say. And, yeah, that's it. We'll get right into it. Dynamite. Boom, dynamite. Uh, Grand Slam from the Arthur Arthur Ashes, wasn't it? Arthur Ashe, yeah. Yeah, from the Arthur Ashe Stadium. Um, The Northeast, the real crown jewel of wrestling, as Tony Khan called it. Not some BS in Saudi Arabia. Chris, your thoughts? On on Tony Khan's comments? Yes. Um Tony Khan and I, I won't I won't talk about this for too long, but Tony Khan is the king of throwing shots when he doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. And and for the longest time when Vince McMahon was running WWE, he would just throw shots and shots and shots, and Vince and the E would never respond. They would never respond or retaliate. Well, now that Triple H is around, we're already seeing some subtle shots at AEW. Very subtle. But, Tony, just cool it. You're in your own world. You're succeeding. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't talk shit. And, yes, New York is a great town for, for pro wrestling. And, and, New, and New Jersey adjacently. It's right there. But both those, both those states are great for wrestling. Passionate Ooh. wrestling fans. But, hey, man, as someone from Chicago, the crown jewel of pro wrestling, you just ran Forbidden Door and All Out here within th- within two months. So, hey, dude, who, who are you trying to what's, – what's going on? Who's the real crown jewel of wrestling? But yeah. that's a different conversation for a different day. There's always the comment that, you know, there's no such thing as an ethical billionaire. 
and Daddy Dearest um, is the reason that this AEW world exists. So really taking shots at other rich people for taking big money deals. Not a great look, but I'm not going to spend too much time on Tony Khan bashing because AEW Dynamite Grand Slam last night was actual, actually a great show. Uh, big matches on the card. We had matches like Pac retaining against Orange Cassidy, uh, retained his All-Atlantic Championship. We had a fatal, fatal four-way for the Interim Women's Championship. Yep. Yep. Uh, Tony Storm retaining there. And we were going to talk about this second, but I brought up the interim uh, title match, so we'll just talk about this right now. Uh, Paige here, or is it... (laughs) (laughs) Or at least it was Paige, but she's now All Elite. uh, I can't pronounce her name. Do you want to take a stab at it? Uh, Soraya. Soraya. Soraya is All Elite. uh, Obviously, the former Paige retired after WrestleMania 34 uh, back in 2018. She went on to have a run as SmackDown general manager and was sacked because even though SmackDown was good, Rob was shit, uh, apparently. <laughs> and, um, it's sort of just been floating about doing media stuff for WWE for a while. Uh, she did backstage. She was recently released from her contract, which she asked to do. And she's now in All Elite Wrestling. I haven't seen too much about this because I am still playing catch-up from the past month, trying to watch other stuff. But has has it been confirmed that she'll be wrestling? Okay, so that's that's the fun thing. So I watched her interview with Renee Paquette, uh, the sessions, a couple weeks ago. They, they filmed it around StarCast with SummerSlam. So this is about August or late July. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, of course, Renee asked Soraya about the return of her wrestling, and she made it sound like she'd only do big matches. That if it was a big, like, worthwhile match, she'd do it. Now, with the thing last night at Dynamite, as of this recording, there is nothing confirmed about her wrestling, but that was the implication, right? You see the bit with her and with Britt Baker. And out of all the women in AEW right now, if you're trying to have a big match, whether you like it or not, Britt Baker's had some big matches in AEW. And if Paige is going to come in here, she's almost the antithesis of Britt Baker. And it would make sense why they would wrestle each other. Now, do I feel comfortable watching Paige wrestle? That's a different conversation. But... I think she's going to wrestle. If I, if we're going to predict it, I think she will, but we have no confirmation as of right now. Um, she embraced the former Ember Moon uh, and Tony Storm uh, when she made her way to the ring. Don't know if she's going to be managing them or be involved with them. Maybe a couple of tag matches to test the waters. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't know if I feel comfortable with her wrestling. If it's the case of I know Daniel Bryan and eventually it all worked out and eventually get cleared by WWE doctors, but for a while they wouldn't let him wrestle and he was saying, I want to leave and wrestle elsewhere. That, to me, made me a little uncomfortable, not because someone was leaving WWE, but if so many doctors are telling you, listen, we can't assure you, we can't, we can't clear you to do this, Surely it's better to err on the side of caution, especially with something as unpredictable as pro wrestling. Um, and 
obviously eventually it all worked out. Well, I hope it works out for Paige, sorry, Soraya, but I, I hope it's not going to be a case of, um, do you remember for a while in the Hogan and Bischoff era and Impact TNA, where anyone who was having problems and wouldn't go to rehab in WWE, they snapped up straight away. And it was almost as if, oh, it's because they were a name, they were, you know, forgiven. I don't want right. a trend of people WWE won't clear to wrestle, jumping to AEW because AEW is just going to use the name and, you know, preach about all oh, we care about the wrestlers, but then put them in danger. I'm hoping sure. that everything... I'm, I'm hoping everything's on the up and up. I, I imagine everything would be on the up and up, and Soraya herself... Maybe she is going to do just big matches, you know, maybe a match with Britt Baker down the line, maybe a couple of tag matches. Maybe it is a limited schedule, but I'm just hoping everything is safe. I mean, yeah, that's that's really what we want out of these, these I don't want to call them injury prone, but these wrestlers who have had a history with career ending, potentially career ending injuries, right? And I think what Edge is doing right now in WWE is he's been like the standard bearer, um, hasn't done anything too crazy, and he wrestles every so often, but it's not the end of the world when he does, and he's he looks safe while he's doing it, looks good while he's doing it. Daniel Bryan, or Daniel Bryan Danielson, however you want to call him, um, (laughs) he he is out here having these barn burners, and yeah, it's... I still wince when I see him take a big bump um, because I, I love Brian Daniel Brian, Brian Daniel Brian Danielson. God bless America. I love um, <laughs> watching his uh, his matches and I'm a fan of his. But damn, I'm wincing every time he takes a big bump off the top rope or if Moxley nails him with the clothesline. That's all I can think of because we've seen his career end before. And with Paige, it's going to be the same thing. Like what you said, tag matches would probably probably be the best way to protect her as of right now. But full gear, when that comes around, don't be surprised if Soraya's on the card and if she's wrestling in a tag match or in a singles match with somebody who they trust and who she trusts. And I don't want to make it sound like she didn't trust the people before. And I know a lot of people blame Sasha Banks for injuring her before and Soraya's gone on the record saying it wasn't Sasha's fault. But it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how they use her. But for now, let's save her big match. Don't just do it on a dynamite. You gotta do it at full gear. That, that's that's my guess. Yeah, I, I agree. Um Ring of Honor, obviously bought by Tony Khan in the summer, being run as a sort of crossover promotion until more things start to start to happen from them. Uh, so Claudio was the Ring of Honor World Champion. I ate my words on that. I honestly, when he showed up in AEW Ring of Honor, I was like, he'll never be a world champion under the Tony Khan banner. This is just a signing to appease the fans. And then lo and behold, he wins the Ring of Honor World Championship. I loved it. I was happy to be wrong. I've seen mixed response to this, and I actually kind of love it for what it means. Chris Jericho as Ring of Honor World Champion. Chris Jericho, the only man in history to now hold the WWE, the WCW, the World Heavyweight, the AEW, and the Ring of Honor World Championships. I 
I absolutely love this. Okay, this is this is weird, right? So I went into the match yesterday thinking it's totally going to be Claudio. Like, why why have Claudio lose to Chris Jericho? And as the match was going on, I was thinking to myself, oh my god, Chris Jericho is going to win this match. And when he hit the Judas effect, the most deadly elbow in wrestling, and he pinned him, my immediate thought was. All the Ring of Honor purists are gonna hate this. I, I, I didn't watch too much Ring of Honor, uh, or or I haven't watched too much Ring of Honor in my life, so I'm not gonna sit here and tell you the the oral history of the prestige of the ROH belt. <laughs> but they mentioned it on commentary that he's a sports entertainer. It's it's what what's it's what Ring of Honor it's what Ring of Honor has stood against this entire. It's entire history. It's not about sports entertainment. It's pro wrestling. And yeah, putting the belt on Jericho for star power alone makes sense. But yo, you, I, I think that was like stepping on a mine. Like we really need to strategically do this Chris Jericho ROH title run. Because it's going to be super weird watching this guy who's calling himself a sports entertainer with the ROH belt and a bunch of ROH fans probably hate this move. I haven't gone on, on Reddit or Twitter. I haven't really seen the reaction yet, but the one person I know who's a wrestling purist hated that move, hated it, almost turned the TV off, and that was the opening match. So <laughs> it, it was, it's this weird thing. I don't mind it. I think it'd be interesting. And I love Chris Jericho. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you guys, but... Damn, what an interesting move. Interesting move on, on the cons part. And Claudio, what the hell? So are we just, like, going to give up on Claudio now? I wonder what the next move for him is. I wonder if Claudio is, excuse me, maybe going to go for the AEW world title. Ooh. And we'll, we'll discuss that uh, more a wee bit later on. But maybe he feels that, you know, the Ring of Honor rebrand and, you know, Tony Khan has talked about doing a weekly Ring of Honor show and, pardon me, ironically enough, um, we talk about the history of Ring of Honor and all that. I, I remember for years, and it, it's just this one comment that sticks out in my mind, and I, I think it was Kevin Nash. It was, it was somebody in a shoot interview when they were talking about, you know, people didn't like TNA and were saying, oh, when Ring of Honor gets its TV deal and when Ring of Honor gets its TV deal. And this person said, Ring of Honor is the same age as Impact Wrestling. Ring of Honor started at the same time as Impact Wrestling. Impact's had a TV deal since 2004. Is Ring of Honor really that good if they can't find anyone to do a TV deal with them? You know, is it maybe just this underground thing that's maybe a bit overhyped and ironically under Tony Khan which I've seen obviously mixed responses to that too it's probably going to get the biggest spotlight it's ever had and if you're going to launch a weekly TV show they did it with AEW I think they're maybe just doing it again Chris Jericho front and centre for the casual viewers brings in the eyes they stay around for your Daniel Garcia's and your Wheeler Utah's and the likes, and it also means much like how Moxley was thrown into the stratosphere in AEW, 
when he beat Jericho, whoever beats Jericho for the Ring of Honor world title, they are going to instantly rocket strapped, boom, to the moon to steal Cameron Grimes' line. So I don't hate it, and I also like it for the fact that it is a pretty unique accolade for someone to be a WCW, WWE, AEW, and Ring of Honor world champion. It's it's this weird thing where we've had ROH and AEW under the same uh, ownership for a few months now, and we haven't really gotten a big announcement yet in regards to Ring of Honor's TV future. And when if and when they do a weekly show, like I bet it's going to be cool. I bet it's going to be rad. You know, like pro wrestling. Like that's what Ring of Honor has prided themselves on, and that's why a lot of people love the company. And love the promotion because it was some of the best pro wrestling you'll ever see. A lot of the guys that we watch now came from Ring of Honor. So, like, whether you're like me, who hasn't seen too much, if anything, of Ring of Honor, or you're someone who has watched a ton of ROH, then you're going to have some type of appreciation for it. But it's almost October. We have not gotten anything too concrete in regards to ROH's TV future. And, like, what you said, like, why has, how's Impact still been on TV, for the most part, weekly since 2004, while ROH has had a really hard time doing it? And I, I know they had issues with the Sinclair Broadcasting Company. I think it's what the proper title is. So things got thrown up in the, in the air there. But it's, it's an interesting case. But when, if and when ROH gets on TV or a streaming service, I think that'd be, that'd be rad. Put, putting that on like HBO Max or something or wherever the hell, whatever the hell they're going to call it now. Like, I think that'd be cool having wrestling on streaming and it being, you know, just as exclusive. But I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't make the business decisions. I just watch the damn thing. But having Chris Jericho as your top guy for now, I'm sorry to all the ROH purists if that pisses you off, but it makes sense. You talked about, obviously, streaming services. They could, if possible. I know they're on TBS now. Um, Even, is it? No, yeah, they're on TBS now. Um, Even just, you know, maybe doing a deal with them and they are, pardon me, their primary contract, the live Dynamites in the UK are on Fight TV. But the replays are still shown on the UK's Channel 3 and it's on their streaming sites and all that. Even trying to get Ring of Honor a half-hour show, you know, to start with, you know, crawl before you walk, walk before you run sort of thing and say to these markets, hey, any chance we could put these on your streaming services and we can let the fans know, hey, Ring of Honor dropped on TBS online, hey, Ring of Honor, dropped on the STV player in the UK, you know, stuff like that. It's, yeah, streaming services are the future and I think they should be used, but we'll not talk too much about, I say we'll not talk too much, we've blathered about it for the past 10 minutes, about TV deals. I like the fact that Chris Jericho is Ring of Honor champion. And hey, even if this is just to set up a big pay-per-view match with Claudio, where Claudio wins back the belt, Great, I'm all for that too. Another big spotlight for the former Cesaro that he didn't get in WWE. Right. Um, moving on to 
another two world champions, uh, the acclaimed uh, Ring of Honor, uh, Ring of Honor, uh, AEW originals, you know, people who were built up by AEW. They didn't exactly come in with a, with a massive fan base. They came in completely unknown. They were built up by AEW and they've, <laughs> they managed to get Keith Lee booed in Chicago. You know, Keith Lee, who after Survivor Series 2019 in Chicago, everyone was, yes, Keith Lee, this is the guy to take WWE forward. And you fast forward to 2022 and two guys being managed by Billy Gunn, the greatest wrestler of all time, I might add, <laughs> are getting Keith Lee booed. Ross, man, everybody loves the acclaimed, myself included. The acclaimed, the winningest tag team in AEW right now. AEW Originals didn't have a following. They met Anthony Bowens and Max, Max Caster. They met while being under contract in AEW. And Tony Khan said, hey, you guys should do something together. And here they are. AEW Tag Team Champions. That is what the hell is up. And mm-hmm. let's, let's address the, na- the, the elephant in the room, right? There was that that weird spot, right, in the, in like towards the end of the match, where Max like came off the top rope, but like his knee was maybe messed up. And me, I got worked over so many times. I thought Max was hurt. I'm like, did he mess up the the finish? Was Keith Lee always supposed to kick out of that? But they found their rhythm at some point. Boom, acclaimed beat uh, Swerve and Keith Lee. But it's it's great. I think this is a great move. Honestly, this is their time. The Eclipse yeah. are white hot right now. This mm-hmm. is the time for them to be the tag champs and actually have them be the tag champs for a while. Don't just have them job to FTR at full gear. Like have them actually like do something and establish them as a threat because they're good. Both of them are good. So let's utilize that. I love this. I love the Eclipse. Scissor me, daddy ass. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I have been on I have been on this podcast screaming my love for Billy Gunn since 2018. I was mocked. I was made fun of. I was chastised. I have been everything under the sun. And now we are in 2022. And Billy Gunn is a massive part of the acclaims population. Of of the acclaims popularity. And he's part of possibly one of the most overgroups in wrestling right now. So I'm just going to say to everyone, I called it. I knew. I knew. <laughs> I, we've had we've had an Edge revival. We've had a Chris Jericho revival. I was on board for the Billy Gunn revival in 2018, and we're in 2022. And damn it, we've got it. Billy Gunn's the man right now. I mm. I. This is the most I've cared about Billy Gunn in my time as a pro wrestling fan. And I, damn, am I happy that Daddy Ass is here. I'm so happy I, for him. I've never stopped caring. I'm not calling him <laughs> I'm not calling him Daddy Ass. I'm stealing a Scott Steiner nickname. I'm calling him Big Papa Booty. Big Papa Booty. That's what's <laughs> up. Oh my god. But the, acclaimed. the, the acclaimed—it's it, funny with the with the acclaimed, right? Like Billy Gunn 
<laughs> after all this shit with the gun club, I, mm-hmm. he seemed happier to see the acclaimed win the belts than anything with his kids in the last few months. <laughs> like, he has a like, children. He's obviously had something to do with, you know, a lot of the a lot of the homegrown talent with being a trainer, obviously, at AEW. But, um, right. yeah, happy for the acclaimed. The acclaimed, their, their title win, to me, do you remember when AEW first launched and uh, Private Party got that big win over the Bucks and yeah. the tag title tournament and everyone was like, Private Party, they are, you know, they're so good. You know, there was a lot of talk at the start of Street Profit rip-offs. They showed that they had, you know, their own characters and their own styles and, you know, a lot of stuff was going right for them and then it just kind of stopped. This, to me, is the the title win they should have had, but boy, am I glad that the acclaimed got it. You know, they, again, it, it, it's something I've said before on here about the AEW title changes is, Tony Khan had, we, we complained that Vince McMahon, when he was running WWE, didn't have storylines mapped out. Tony Khan had the first four world champions mapped out. And that has its great aspects, because we saw some great storylines. You know, Moxley taking the title from Jericho, Le Champion Jericho, Omega's run with three titles, Hangman dethroning him, you know, some great moments. But what that also does is it doesn't allow you to strike when the iron's hot. And I think all the chaos in AEW at the minute with FTR being the champion of every other company and the Young Bucks not in the picture at the minute, it's it's allowed them to become tag champions, strike while the iron's hot. And I, I agree with you. I hope they let them have a run with the title. I hope it's not just job out to FTR. I hope it's not a Jurassic Express run where yeah, they're the tag champs, but they're like they're the fifth most important tag team on the show. I hope there right. is the rightful spotlight put on them because they're over as hell. I mean, if you can sell a t-shirt that says "Scissor me, daddy ass," <laughs> hey, sky, <laughs> sky is your limit, and you you just you fire away, you fire away. And I I want to mention this because this is also uh, very important for AEW, right? So yesterday they ran these uh, suicide prevention commercials um, mm-hmm. during their broadcast. And AEW, what, the, what they've been doing, um, they, like this entire like run of WWE, like WWE always like, they spotlight these, um, these, these charities that they care about, these causes that they care about. And mm-hmm. AEW does the same thing, touting that, um, like all these different causes that they, that they rock with. And seeing a suicide prevention uh, was just another case of that, you know, and it was super rad. But AEW also has the um, the thing now where they can say that Anthony Bowens is their first gay champion, and like he's openly gay, and he's their, he's one half of their current tag champs. Like that is incredible. And again, um, I'm not trying to make this oh WWE AEW. No, it's not that. It's just pro wrestling in general. Like, there's still a weird little stigma around uh, homosexuality and queerness in wrestling. And while it's way more, it's it's like we're seeing a lot more uh, queer wrestlers pop up, it's rad seeing Anthony Bowens be one half of the tag champs. And hopefully they do right by him and by Max. 
for the right for the next few months because I don't want them to be like Jurassic Express. I don't want them to turn out like Private Party. And at this point, with how over they are, I think we are far removed from that. We are far removed. And and for the record, when I say weirdness around queerness and pro wrestling, it's not the wrestlers; it's the fans. Um, mm-hmm. It's still, for the most part, fans are still weirded out by it. Are there? They they don't like seeing certain stuff like that. It, that's if you don't if you don't rock with that. All right, fine. Like this isn't for you. Then this isn't for you because wrestling is very inclusive, and Anthony Bowens is right now the torchbearer for that. So good on you, Anthony Bowens and Max Caster. I love the acclaimed. I love you, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so just you talked about charity there. I'm just going through Wrestling Inc. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, John Cena has set broke his own record uh, for Make a Wishes. He's now at six hundred and fifty uh, Make a Wish uh, wishes granted. That's nuts. Like John Cena, he doesn't have to do that, mm-hmm. you know. But he is such a good dude. Like I don't. To me, John Cena is the greatest of all time, and I will not hear any. I will not hear any. Well, let me rephrase. John Cena may be like the best you know, like, person to come out of pro wrestling. Like, mm-hmm. he wouldn't have people said a bad thing about John, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, when you hear people shit-talking John Cena and mean it, and not it's not just for kayfabe's sake. Like, John's so rad, and he still does them, even though he doesn't wrestle all the time. That's so mm-hmm. cool. Yep. Uh, so, from someone who no one has a problem with to someone who apparently everyone has a problem with at the minute... Uh, CM Punk, it is, it is weird to sit here. Um, I, I I said to you about a, a SummerSlam party we had uh, last year at Stephen Wilson's house, tw- SummerSlam 2021. It was the weekend that CM Punk returned to pro wrestling. It was all anyone talked about that weekend. No one mentioned SummerSlam. Um you know, it, it was the hottest thing ever. It seemed he was going to come in and do some matches with some up-and-comers, and then eventually he had the great feud with MGF. And, you know, the world title was was the goal for Punk. It seems, <laughs> ever since he won that title, everything has been on a downward spiral regarding CM Punk and AEW, and it doesn't look like he's going to return. Oh, God, what a fall from grace. Mm-hmm. And I know the guys have talked about it um, Central before, so we'll probably just be reiterating a lot of um, of what they've said. But CM Punk, not only did he just give a black guy to AEW, a black guy to everyone involved, and depending on who it is, bite marks. Uh, yeah, I'm talking, yeah, a steel rubber biting Kenny Omega. That's weird. But you immediately validate every bad thing someone said about you. How are you going to make WWE look right for letting you walk out? Like, that, that is crazy as hell. And I, when I watched that presser, that, that media scrum that he did after All Out, it was, it was, like, disgusting. And I very much didn't like it. And you're talking to the guy who was there at CM Punk's return who is a huge fan of CM Punk. Like, I love, mm-hmm. I love CM Punk as a pro wrestler. 
right? But the guy behind the scenes, the guy I watched at the media scrum, that's not the pro wrestler that I've been I've been wanting to return to wrestling for years and years and years. That's not who I wanted. And he had a good run, but from what all the reports that we've been seeing, and um, I read something this morning how CM Punk apparently isn't he's not going to go back to AEW. They're going to find some type of contract buyout. And I think this all but ensures that he is done in pro wrestling. What a way to go out. Oh, absolutely. What a way well, to go out, dude. He said before that his problem in WWE was never Vince McMahon. It was always Triple H. Like, he, he mentioned about how he didn't want to have conversations with Triple H in the room, and he felt that, you know, Triple H buried him. I don't think it's buried, but Triple H certainly shouldn't have beat him two months after CM Punk won in Chicago. I'm I'm saying that. Um, But there was a promo in the lead-up to that, and it was, don't be a martyr. Change only matters to you if CM Punk's on top. You don't have the balls to admit that you'll step on anyone's throat to get there. And you saw there was still a bitterness towards WWE when he returned and every other week it was a post-show promo and CM Punk would do a promo and then take a shot at WWE and fans ate it up initially but eventually it just got to the fact that and we, we look at the facts one year later you were still better then you're better now that there's been people coming in during the, you know, the seven years you were away you were away for seven years is a long time in pro wrestling and guys came in who were equally as popular or even more popular with the internet community than he ever was. And he's still got the ego. And as you said, how are you going to make WWE look right for letting you go? Like it's, it's gross to mm-hmm. how this whole thing panned out. And it's all but confirmed now that he's out of the company. And like, and I know like he hurt himself, I guess, during some time, the all-out match with Moxley. And he was going to be out regardless. But how can you let him back in? I, I jokingly said something last night because I forgot he was injured. And I said to one of my buddies, like, if CM Punk comes out right now, is he booed or is he cheered? And... That is something that I am, I'm still asking myself that question. And I kind of want to ask you, Ross, if you, if you feel the same way, like say for example, um, Rampage, it's, mm-hmm. um, who's wrestling on a Rampage? It's, um. Well, the Battle Royals on Rampage this week. So say, say it's the okay, Battle Royal. Yeah. yeah. So say the Battle Royal and Adam Page wins. Oh, yay. Great. Adam Page, number one contender. And then CM Punk's music hits. Is he booed or is he cheered at, at Arthur Ashe Stadium? I think... I Hypothetically, think, of course, this is not going to happen, by the way. Yeah, because yeah, it's been pre-taped. <laughs> I'm, I'm avoiding spoilers for the minute. I think the initial shock, the... Like, see when Roman Reigns' music used to hit when no one was expecting it, and you would get the big, yeah, and then the undercut. I don't think it would be as bad as Roman Reigns used to be, but I think it would be a case of there would be the big cheer 
And then there would certainly be a pocket of booze. And that's, I know it's only a pocket of booze that I'm saying here, but the guy who was chanted for for seven years while he wasn't there, the guy who wrestling fans clamoured for for one more match, to be getting people booing him a year after his, you know, spectacular return, that, that is what you call it, that was unthinkable, you know what I mean, a year ago. So I think there would be, I think it would be 50-50. I think it would be, let's go CM, CM sucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just bring, uh, bringing it back to John Cena, I think we could have that. He'll never get booed in Chicago. He'll never, you know, he's done so much in Chicago. Right. And oh, it's just... It's just bizarre. It, it really is. Um, this whole thing is. The entire situation is. Yeah. Um, Three of your EVPs are off TV. They won the inaugural trios belts and dropped them two days later. Mm-hmm. Just, so it's, this whole thing is weird. And the punk thing is the most. He's Because we all know that Kenny is going to be back. Yeah. The, the Young Bucks are going to be back. It's a matter of time. But Punk was the big question mark. And it seems like he won't be on an AEW contract by the end of this year. And I think that's the latest that's going to happen. We might start hearing more stuff about this before then. Because it's going to come out, like, you know, it's it's a matter of time before we get um, both sides stating their truths. Like, straight from them and not just, oh, this is from the Wrestling Observer. Oh, this is from Cage Side Seats. No. It's going to be the Bucks telling their side, Kenny telling his side, and CM Punk telling his. And it might be in a courtroom. That's the crazy part. Mm-hmm. Like, it might be in the courtroom in front of a judge. Tony Khan's there. MJF is there. This might be this whole big thing. And we'll finally get the truth, whatever the truth is. But it's weird. It's so weird that this even happened. This all happened after a pay-per-view. In Chicago or in Hoffman Estates, and like forty-five minutes from Chicago, but that's different. That's a whole. That's a. We're not going to talk about what <laughs> pro wrestling thinks Chicago is, but it's so weird that this is even a thing, and we're still talking about it. And um, hey, Colt Cabana, I'm sorry, dude. Like, I am so sorry, Colt Cabana. I had nothing to do with this, but I feel bad for you, dog. <laughs> oh, it's. It's amazing that, you know, the, the problems he has with, you know, he has problems with Impact and then he has problems with OVW and Jim Cornette and then he has problems with Triple H and Vince McMahon. Then he has problems with The Undertaker. Then he has his problems uh, with the likes of, you know, John Cena. Then he has the problems <laughs> when he goes to Impact, uh, sorry, when he goes to AEW and he has problems with, you know, Eddie Kingston and his problems with, the Bucks and his problems with Kenny Omega and his problems with Tony Khan and problems with Colt Cabana. And it's amazing that the guy who wanted to be Bret Hart is now more like fucking Teddy Hart with the amount of, <laughs> the amount of people and bridges he has burned. It is just quite frankly amazing. But let's talk about from the good, the, uh, sorry, from the bad and the ugly to the very, very, very good Brian Danielson versus John Moxley. 
Um, the AEW Championship picture, I mentioned, obviously, the first four were laid out. It's been a bit of a clusterfuck ever since Punk got injured. Punk wins it, but then Moxley wins the interim, and then Moxley wins the, the Undisputed title, but then Punk wins it back, and then it's vacated. Uh, before we get to the result of this match, who did you want to win going in, and what were your thoughts of the Blackpool Combat Club coming together? I well, I thought it was going to be Daniel Bryan and Danielson. I was convinced it was going to be D. Bryan, and I kind of wanted it to be him too. The whole Blackpool Combat Club Civil War that they had going on it was a little weird to me, but I mean, that's what happens. You put all your top guys in one faction. But it it was it was a pretty damn good match. And again, besides the 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 finish, I I'll say this one thing. I hated how the TV cut kept cutting to MJF. They did it way too many times. I didn't like it, and I think it took away from the match. If I'm being if I'm being honest. I, I didn't have too much of a, a problem with it, but maybe I'm just numb to the um, the Kevin Dunn era of WWE where it's <laughs> cut and cut and cut and cut and cut and cut. They just showed him so, too much. I like I get it. He's there, and they had the they had the spotlight on him for the entire match. Even when they zoomed out, his face was on the Titantron or on the on the screens. Like I get it. MJF is there, and we know he's not cashing in tonight. But like, come on, guys. We can let's focus on the match because the match is good. I, I hope we wait at least a month before <laughs> a month. Give us a month before MGF cashes in, right? Because with all this um, hot potato with the title at the minute, poor Moxley, Moxley should have been the guy. They just kept the title on him for God's sake, <laughs> or maybe you know, not done the free TV match. The same as the main event four days before the pay-per-view. You know, yeah. maybe don't do that, but hey. Um, Moxley throughout has been a consummate pro. He's had his demons. He's came back. He's worked through it. His feud with Daniel Bryan and the Blackpool Combat Club stuff and the Blood and Guts stuff and working with uh, Regal and his run as interim world champion and his two matches with Punk, great matches. and. Yeah, he's he's been on fire. He is much like, ironically, all three members of the Shield doing their own thing, all on fire at the minute. You know, yeah. <laughs> so I hope Moxley gets a run he deserves, even if they do what they did last time when he, he lost the world title to Omega. You know, last last Dynamite of the year or first Dynamite of twenty twenty three. Have NGF cash in then. You know what I mean? Like, give Moxley a run and make him the top guy. Not this interim world championship stuff. He's world champion. Let him have a run with it. Let him have a couple of great matches. And we'll eventually see... We'll eventually see MGF cash in. And, by the way, I will say this. MGF's time. If he doesn't do it this time, I'm not interested anymore. Because... Like I said about the striking where the iron's hot, they they didn't do it a couple of times, 
now is the time. Now is the time for MGF to be champion, and it should happen either by the end of the year or by January of 2023. Ooh, okay, I like that. Um, okay, in regards to Max, so mm-hmm. uh, the PWI um, standings or the 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 top 500 wrestlers came out, and um, there was a, a glaring lack of John Moxley in the top three. And I remember looking at it and thinking to myself, huh, that's not good. And no diss to any of the wrestlers that are that are in the top three. Um, but Moxley, to me, unless I'm getting it confused with somebody else, um, as, I, as I double check. But John Moxley, he's been the undisputed MVP of... WB or not WB AEW this year, like by by far. Oh, okay, so Moxley was twelfth on the PWI list, and no, the top no. three was Reigns, Okada, and Punk. And I again, I totally get why those top three guys are there. Uh, Adam Page four, Lashley five, Rhodes six, Danielson seven, but Moxley is twelve. And don't even get me started on Seth Rollins being seventeen, but. But Moxley was the guy in AEW. And I know he went away for a while because of his personal struggles, but he came back and crushed it. He didn't skip a beat. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't he didn't miss a step at all. And he's your first three-time AEW champion. And he will be the last champion until MJF begins his reign of terror, whenever that is. But Mox has been the man. And you're right. Ross, the whole interim. I think AEW needs to stop with the interim stuff in general. Oh, absolutely. Just ditch it. Stop. I I know like Tony Khan, he tries to uh, have some type of integrity with his champions. I know Thunder Rosa had to lose the belt for, um, I believe it was injury reasons. At least that's what they're telling us. And Punk with the same thing. But stop with the interim. Stop it. Stop it. I think it discredits the person who wins that belt next. Yeah, absolutely. I think it should be a case of Look, um, you can even have Tony Khan, you know, tweet out. It doesn't have to be on TV, just um, as a rule going forward, any champion that has to vacate the title will automatically become the number one contender upon their return. And yeah, like, great. boom. Boom, they're right back. If you want to have, for example, say Moxley get injured tomorrow and it's Brian Danielson, who's the world champion, and... You know, a month before Moxley comes back, it's, by the way, Moxley will be medically cleared as of this date. The next pay-per-view will be that date. Moxley versus Danielson or whoever the world champion is at that time. That's the that's the main event for that pay-per-view. Great. Nobody's going to complain about someone, you know, when Punk came back, people wanted to see Punk Moxley. There was no need for the interim world title. You could have just had Moxley defending the title against the guy that never lost it. Right. I, the the word interim, like when I saw it on the graphics for Tony Storm yesterday, it just looked weird. The interim women's champion, just call her the women's champ. She won the belt. And when Thunder Rosa comes back, if and when, all right, great. Thunder Rosa, Tony Storm, all right, fantastic. But I'm I just I just hate that that terminology, and I think it discredited Mox's second run with the belt solely because of that interim word. But now I feel like he should get his due. He is by far the top guy in AEW, the top single star in AEW right now. And 
as he should. I don't I, I don't wanna sound hypocritical. I did I did think that Daniel Bryan was gonna win yesterday. And I I wanted him to. I thought it was his time because did Brian Danielson just show up in AEW to lose big matches? Like is is that his whole gimmick now? Like he's awesome. He's Daniel Bryan Danielson. He comes out, everyone's doing the yes chance. It's great until it's a big it's a big match and he loses. That ironically was a bit of what happened uh, in WWE. See when he get cleared, you know, he, everyone wants to see him face the Miz. No, we're going to have him and Shane face Owens and Zane. All right, cool, no worries. Everyone wants to see him face the Miz. No, the Miz is going to Raw. We're going to have him go up against Big Cass in two matches in a row that no one cares about. Weird, but okay, we'll we'll run with that. And then eventually we get the feud with Miz. It's a complete clusterfuck. Miz wins every match. Then he wins a match in Australia in 30 seconds. Then, out of nowhere, he just wins the WWE title. And from then on, he was sort of... (laughs) He was untouchable for about six months until Kofi Mania and then did exactly that for the rest of his time. He was the guy that lost big matches. He lost to The Fiend. He lost to Roman. He lost to Seth. You know, he he lost the money in the bank. He lost to Roman again. He lost to Roman again. He weasels his way into the WrestleMania main event. He loses to Roman again. That's fact. Yeah, I think he's been on this kind of... We wanted to see him back, and now it's like, oh, well, uh, never mind. You, you, You lose all the time. Or I'll go to AEW. No, no, you, you lose there too. <laughs> yeah, like Kenny, you're gonna tie with him. Hangman, you're gonna lose to him twice. Uh like Daniel Garcia beats you. Moxley beats you. Like, and I know they, they really hype up that his losses were big deals, but those were the those were the pivotal matches in his AEW AEW career, and he's lost them all. Mm-hmm. He, he, the best he's done is a, t- a a time limit draw with Kenny Omega. At yeah. the same stadium that they ran yesterday. Yeah. So, like, I I don't want Daniel Bryan Danielson's career to be, I lose big matches. I hope he gets his due before he calls it a day in, in wrestling, because we all know it's inevitable. Daniel Bryan Danielson will retire and mean it one day. But I want him to at least have the world championship in that company one time. I thought last night was going to be it. I'm not mad at the Moxie decision. I'm not mad at it at all. Just in the future, let's let's think about putting the strap on Danielson, okay? For for my own sake and for his. Hey, um, just a wee thought, you know, in WWE for a while, who was the guy who just lost big matches and put everyone over? It was Chris Jericho. Who's the Ring of Honor World Champion? It's Chris Jericho. Who yep. made his name in Ring of Honor? wrestling 60, 70, 80 minute matches and holding that title for nearly two years, it was Brian Danielson. Mm. Maybe Brian Danielson's world title run isn't coming from AEW. Maybe it's coming in Ring of Honor. Oh. You know what? I take back what I said. I like like what you said instead. (laughs) I put absolutely no thought into it. It came to me just there. It is mostly... (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, Moxley world champion Hopefully he gets a good run And then hopefully the MGF Reign of Terror comes into effect So It's going to be so gross It's like it's going to be gross In all the best ways when MJF wins that world title 
Uh, yeah. It's going to be so obnoxious watching him on TV every week, but it's going to be fun as hell and rightfully deserved. So from sports entertainers holding Ring of Honor world titles to a possible YouTube boxer, Vine celebrity, Vine, remember Vine guys? Um, possibly holding the sports entertainment world title. Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns announced for Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, crown jewel for the for the undisputed universal title. What world are we living in? Um, depends how that match goes, and then I'll give you an answer. There's <laughs> there's um, a bunch of. And should I? Okay, I, I don't know how to properly word this. Should I feel nervous about this? I feel <laughs> nervous. Like, and I'm not the biggest Roman Reigns fan at the moment. I know he's the hottest thing in WWE right now. I just, um, I feel like I've, I, I don't want to call myself a Roman Reigns hater, but I'm not really digging the whole, I think the bloodline thing's um, gone on for a bit too long, and they've, they've, um, had this monopoly over all the belts and I think it's taking away from the product at the moment, but that's just me. I, and I know I'm in the minority, but oh. Logan Paul, Roman Reigns at crown jewel. It's either going to go one of two ways. One Logan Paul is going to win or B Roman Reigns is going to kill Logan Paul in Saudi Arabia. And um, I don't know which one, it's going to happen because I'm very apprehensive about this match even happening. But it's going to draw numbers. It is either going to go, and I'm going to, I'm going to give you two, two very differing results. It is either going to go Goldberg versus Roman, where Roman oh God. handily beats him. He looks in trouble once or twice. Or it's going to go Shane McMahon, best in the world. World Cup winner style in Saudi Arabia. It is going to go Mansoor beating everyone like The Undertaker in Saudi Arabia. It is going to go Goldberg winning universal titles in Saudi Arabia. It is going to go like that. (laughs) Now, I'm going to be honest, I knew this was coming and I said to a friend um, about when they asked me so it, one of my mates, casual viewer, asked me when I was on holiday. I, I wasn't watching it, but Clash at the Castle, they text me right after saying, why hasn't Drew won? And I'm like, right, well, one, thanks for fucking spoiling it. And two, <laughs> <laughs> and two, immediately I, I sat there and I'm like, oh, I remember the podcast and... Remember Logan Paul talking about I'm in this to become a world champion, and I was like, ah, they're going to do Logan Paul in Saudi Arabia, aren't they? Which annoyed me even more because we've got Extreme Rules coming up, so we're not going to have a world title match on that show either. Nope. Like, nope. <laughs> so, yeah, an odd, an odd pick for a not an odd pick. It'll draw money. But yeah, there is nerves because it's Saudi Arabia and there's always that feeling. And you know what? See if this was just a normal Roman Reigns title run that had been gone on for three or four months. I'd have been like, find a way. Do it. It'll be a laugh. Let, let, let's see where it goes. Let's give some publicity. Let's do it for a laugh. 
it's the two-year run. It's the stepping on Drew when he was Raw champion. It's the stepping on Big E when he was the Raw champion. It's beating Kevin Owens when Kevin Owens could have used a run. It's the going through Lashley. It's the going through Cena. It's going through Royal Rumble winner Edge. It's going through Cesaro, who, hey, maybe could have used a world, maybe it might have stayed if he got a world title run. It's the monopoly that Lashley and Roman had on the belts for about six months leading up to WrestleMania. It's the no world title matches on pay-per-views until SummerSlam. All that to lose to Logan Paul getting a lucky right hook in in Saudi Arabia? Not for me. No, absolutely not. Um, And yeah, I do feel even more nervous now. I've just talked about it. (laughs) Yeah, like everything you just said, that's, I, I, I feel the same way. Like the whole bloodline thing, I love how Roman's presented. I hate how he's booked. Um, it's he's unstoppable, and maybe that makes me feel better that Logan Paul won't win because Roman Reigns is legitimately unstoppable at the moment. The only person on the main Raw or SmackDown roster I thought would have been able to beat him at this point was Drew McIntyre, and they had him lose at Clash of the Castle. To my shock, I was appalled when I saw the finish that match. And again, what's up, Solo Sokoa? Um, it's great to see on the main roster, but not like this. <laughs> I was I was, I was, was dumbfounded. But now the only credible threat, I, I guess, is the guy who just showed up at WrestleMania and just wrestled two matches in WWE. That's Logan Paul. And you're going to have him do it at Crown Jewel. The only thing that makes me worried about it is that it takes place in crown jewel and the crowd there won't immediately boo if logan paul wins but i i'm just i don't, I don't know i i'm in this weird spot who the hell's gonna step up to roman if he retains at the moment there's no one on the roster who is credible enough to beat roman or roman already hasn't beaten them before and um i am a Hoping in pr- every night before I go to sleep, I pray and I think, I, I, I say, I need Cody Rhodes as soon as possible. I and can... he's, he's the only guy I can think of that Roman hasn't touched or beaten and is credible enough to take the belt or belts off of him. And yes, Logan Paul, no offense, dude. I think you're a good wrestler. I liked your two performances so far. But you're going to get creamed in Saudi Arabia, or at least I hope so. I um, yeah, I <laughs> I'm hoping Seth Rollins gets a shot sooner rather than later because Roman's never beaten Seth. Yeah, he beat Seth, him by DQ last time. Yeah, Seth beat Roman by DQ. Nothing was done about it. Seth's been rightfully petitioning for his world title match. He hasn't got it. I think if you do, Seth is the one to beat Roman. I think you have an interesting storyline to come back to later, which is Roman versus Seth. Roman's never won. 
and it sets up a potential Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins at uh, at WrestleMania for the world title. So I'm I'm hoping that common sense prevails. But, yeah, see, it's it's weird. It's a weird situation because they're booking themselves into this weird spot, and with with Cody. The earliest we'll probably get him is the Rumble, and he'll probably win the damn thing. But with Seth Rollins, that special fun little case, I think that's also a fun opportunity to try to split the damn belts up. Don't have him go for both. Have him be like, I just want one. I want this one. And then, boom, you beat him, and Roman's still a champ. And so is Seth. We have two champs. All is right in the world. You can have Roman still you can have some shenanigans. Have him lose with some shenanigans. Have Sami Zayn mess up a finish. And Seth capitalizes. And then we have Sami Zayn get the shit beat out of him by the bloodline. And then Kevin Owens comes for the save. And then we have Owens Zayn versus the Usos until insert pay-per-view here. There are ways to do it. And I it all starts with Roman not losing to Logan Paul in Saudi Arabia. Just a, a fun wee tidbit, uh, or one of our uh, one of our panelists, Ryan, has predicted Sami Zayn to get turned on by the Bloodline, and then Sami Zayn to have a Kofi Kingston slash Daniel Bryan run to WrestleMania to face Roman. And if wow. You don't get- if we don't get Rock versus Roman, I will happily take insane in the mem insane in the membrane. Uh- Yo, if we have another underdog WrestleMania, I would. You know what? I'm not mad at that, especially if we don't get Rock Roman, like how they want, and let's be real, how we want to. That'd be a, that's a great plan B. Shit, that might be my plan A if I think about it more. Yeah, because you can always do Rock versus Roman. Oh, well, I say you can always do Rock versus Roman Rocks now. It's weird to think that The Rock is in his 50s now. Ain't it? Ain't it crazy? It's just so, because obviously he comes in at 24, he's world champion at 26. He's done in 2002 at 30. And then, you know, he does the part-time stuff, 2003 to 2004, and then comes back 2011 to 2013 to do some matches with Cena and Punk. And then it's done. He's he's away pallying it up with Kevin Hart in Hollywood and making, making all the movies that he wants as opposed to the movies that people try to put on him in the first place. So, yeah, we might have to take Rock versus Roman now, but, hey, Zane, mania book it, book it, Hunter. Before we move on, imagine how, imagine, like, three years ago, just three years ago, I tell you that Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestled more recently than The Rock. That would blow my mind. 
Like that's that's the world we're currently living in, and I damn I love that match so much. Uh, match, uh, but that was a great way to end at night one WrestleMania. That's low, that was that's match of the year for me right there. I will put another prediction to you. Had the assassination of the Turkish journalist and the lead up to the second Saudi Arabia show not happened, we would have seen more Rock and Stone Cold matches. Oh, wow. I, I think because there was rumours that Rock... A hell of a theory. Yeah, because there was... Like, it was a, it's a Facebook, it's deleted now, but you can Google it and find it. The Rock had dinner with the Saudi prince and Rupert Murdoch uh, right before WWE signed their deal, right before, you know, the F1 and the golf and people like Ariana Grande went over to do big shows in Saudi Arabia as part of this uh, like Vision Saudi Arabia sort of thing. And there was rumours that a couple of matches were floated to The Rock, big paydays were floated to The Rock, and that every Saudi show, they wanted to get a new legend in. And I think had had all the murky badness around the Saudi government not happened, which, by the way, was disgusting. It's not, oh, I've lost out on wrestling matches. No, it's rightfully so. Some people don't want to do these things. Um, I think had it not been such a PR nightmare, we would have seen more rock matches and we would have seen more Stone Cold matches. Wow. Yeah, I know. Love how we've veered wildly from the news to just discuss <laughs> conspiracy. <laughs> Yo, I I just I, I I take every opportunity to bring up that Stone Cold Kevin Owens match. I love that shit. Like that right. that might be my favorite thing pro wrestling related this year. I'm not even joking. Well, let's let's move back to the current news. Um, we talked about the bloodline. Uh, Solo Sokoa. Uh, no longer NXT North American champion. He, <coughs> excuse me. He is not eligible to compete in NXT. Now that he's on the SmackDown roster, I believe that was the reason. They 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 cited. I think if I if I read it correctly, they cited it as he wasn't the man who was chosen by the fans to compete against Carmelo. And Sean's like, hey, can you vacate the belt? And he he did it, but he tweeted out later there's there's more gold you know elsewhere. So we'll see how that goes. But what was the point of that then? God knows, to because surely it's what a waste of time. Well, yeah, it's more impressive for the bloodline to have another guy with the title. It also ramps up the story of Sammy. You need to start pulling your weight around here. You need to start winning titles. It ramps up, you know, it gives him a profile, sort of like when Kevin Owens came to the main roster and did his feud with Cena. He did a couple of TV matches against the likes of, he did Zack Ryder, Ryback, and Heath Slater for the NXT title. Um, and then it also gives NXT a bit of a spotlight. Can you imagine the pop in the Capitol Wrestling Center when Roman Reigns music hits and oh, the bloodline yeah. come out to watch uh, Solo Sokoa go up against I don't know, Grayson Waller for the North American title? The place would go mental. 
So yeah. I think a bit of a missed opportunity, but he's saying there's more gold elsewhere. Does that mean Walter beware? Uh, Gunther beware, sorry. Yeah, that's that's a good question, you know. But the 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 main thing is that he vacated the belt and that it was you made Car- I think you made Carmelo look bad in the process and like Maybe that was just a fun way to get the belt off of Carmelo, just have him get crushed by Solo Sokoa. But hopefully now Carmelo can get like NXT championship consideration. Let's let's bump him up to that belt. He yeah. he's had more than enough good runs with the North American belt. NXT champ Carmelo Hayes. Yes, please. I think you might see that around about the WrestleMania takeover because I don't think depending on whether Triple H views him as one of his guys, but I don't think your Braun Breaker is going to be... He's not going to be in NXT forever. And right. obviously, they got cold feet him, calling him up. That's why he, you know, weirdly lost the takeover, but then won a match on Raw against Dolph. So, yeah, I think sooner rather than later, uh, Braun Breaker is going to be on WWE TV. And I think that's when it's Carmelo's time to shine. Word. I whether it's now or around that takeover WrestleMania time, I he'll get his due. He he will get his due before he gets called up because he's that's another guy that he he'll be a star on the main roster. Who do who do you think should get the NXT North American title next? Who do you think would benefit from that title? Oh man, who would benefit from the North American? Oh geez, I I mean after they got stuffed at the um, at Worlds Collide, I would love one of the dudes that came over from NXT UK to get some type of love. Um, whether it's uh, I forget what they're calling him now. Is it JD McDonough? Um, uh, I call him Jordan Devlin. So <laughs> yeah, Jordan Devlin or Tyler Bate would be another um, fun choice. I do love uh, Nathan Frazier. I I am in, I am in love with him. Him or him and Axiom really they're both they're both crushing it. But if, I'll say I'll say Nathan Frazier for the sake of picking one. I will go Tyler Bate because it's him and Pete Dunne have obviously or Butch uh, are obviously Triple H guys. They obviously were the showpieces of NXT UK, and I think. He's already an NXT champion previously. You know, he won the NXT tag title with Trent Seven and yep. great matches with Undisputed Era. So another crown. Another. He's weirdly been building up accolades without anyone really noticing, you know. NXT, uh, sorry, WWE UK tournament winner. NXT UK champion twice. Uh, I think he won the Heritage Cup. They won the NXT UK tag titles. They won... The NXT tag titles, he's won, yeah, he's he's got quite the resume, and yet, even still, I'm sitting here going, he would benefit from a North American title run. <laughs> yeah, and the belt would benefit with having Tyler Bate on it, and I'm not mad at that. I, I just, I love how Nathan Frazier's been presented so far. I think his entrance kicks ass, his matches kick ass, and putting a, putting the NA belt on him would be really cool, but... There, there aren't too many bad options in NXT right now. No, absolutely not. And I, that goes with 
consolidating two brands and taking the best from each one that you know it's it was bound to happen but right and it sucks that a lot of folks got released and um like that that was the downside to nxt uk like just evaporating before nxt europe um became a thing but it's it it blows but i think like them just doing the whole rebrand of nxt it, it'll benefit the brand and the folks on it going forward. Yeah, when you had, you know, a big Austrian and then a, a Russian holding the NXT UK title, you're like, yeah, maybe this brand has grown beyond the British Isles, you know? Right. You were going to have an Irish guy take on, before COVID, you were going to have an Irish guy, not in the UK, take on an Austrian guy, not in the UK, for the UK title, you know, it's, <laughs> and then before that, Joe Coffey from Scotland, who half the people don't want to be in the UK, <laughs> were going up against each other, and all the title changes happened in America. You know what? What the fuck? <laughs> like, right? <laughs> just yeah. Maybe I was I was joking with uh, Gary. He's been to the 2019 and the 2020 uh, NXT UK takeovers in Blackpool I was at the 2019 one and I said to him hey you know with NXT UK, uh, Europe launching soon I think they'll go back to Blackpool it's the sort of spiritual home in the UK I'd love to go back and see a takeover soon as I miss Clash of the Castle do you want to go so me and Gary are planning this hypothetical road trip and I guarantee you it'll be like NXT UK Europe Berlin oh well that's that trip to Blackpool cancelled Gary <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um, NXT North American title will be interesting to see what ha- I don't know if they've actually announced what's going to happen have they? they're doing a ladder match um, I forget at what show it might be a takeover or something but Carmelo is automatically put in that ladder match so I'll they're going to have a bunch of folks, and it's going to be awesome because NXT ladder matches absolutely rule. Oh, they always are. They always are. But I'll tell you what takeover it won't be happening at, and that's War Games, because Survivor Series, after years of negotiation, after uh, back in 2010, they're reporting that Vince McMahon was done with the concept and they needed to update Survivor Series or maybe get rid of it. Survivor Series this year from the TD Garden is now known as Survivor Series War Games. We're getting a War Games match on the main roster for the first time in WWE history. You can tell Triple H has been wanting to do this for a while. The first chance he gets, he's like, we're doing it. We're doing it. We're doing it my way. Papa H has had nothing but wins since he's taken over creative. And this is another one, honestly. War Games Survivor Series is going to absolutely rule no more five-on-fives or five-on-five-on-fives, like how they did that one year. There's no, no more tag matches, no more elimination tags. We're doing War Games, and that is going to rock. How are they going to do it? That's the, that's the best question. Is it going to be brand versus brand? Is it going to be faction versus faction? Is the bloodline going to be in a in a war games match that'd be very cool but yo how how is this gonna happen 
Who the hell knows? All we know is that we're getting war games on the main roster in Boston for Survivor Series, and it's going to be so damn cool. I'm I'm jazzed. I was so excited when I saw that. Yeah, they've actually announced it won't be brand versus brand. Just looking for the um, oh there we are. I'm just looking back for the so Triple H said. We'll have a men's war games match and a women's war games match. The tradition of Survivor Series has ebbed and flowed and changed slightly over time, but this will be similar to that. This will not be Raw versus SmackDown. It will be much more storyline driven. I still look at it as a traditional component to Survivor Series in there uh, because it's large teams of people competing. We've just upped the ante a little bit with war games and made it evolve. Yeah, why not? You know. Hell yeah. It was four on four. You know, they did five on five, changed it to four on four, changed it back to five on five. They've had brand warfare. They've had stable warfare. They've had the deadly games, which, you know, oh, we're not doing elimination tags, but we're doing an elimination tournament for the WWE title. You know, they, they had, ironically, when Triple H wanted war games, when Eric Bischoff came into WWE, they gave him the Elimination Chamber and they put it in Survivor Series. So, yeah, there's always been an elimination aspect. So I, I'm wondering, is this going to be one fall to a finish or is it going to be a sort of five-on-five, four-on-four, inside a War Games, like, sort oh, of... Oh, if they'll change the rules of the match. Yeah, because... Originally, it was obviously it was submit or surrender in WCW, and then we saw in NXT they did the older version, the less popular version, the three on three on three, and there was pinfalls involved. So they've evolved the war games concept. Maybe it'll be elimination. Maybe it won't be. I, you know, I wouldn't be. I like Survivor Series. I like the five on five. I like brand warfare when it's done right. I wouldn't mind. If they did, I don't know, Team US champ versus Team Intercontinental champ. And, you know, to prove which show, you know, and it's guys, not in the war games, obviously, in a a five-on-five survivor match. And it's sort of like, hey, guys, you're in, you know, you're the top guys in our Intercontinental title division. And if your team wins and you're one of the sole survivors, you'll get a shot for that title. So, you know, it's important that you work together. Great. We can do that. It's the brand warfare. It's the champion versus champion, and then just do a war games. You know, I'm I'm happy with that. Right. Or like the first thing that popped in my brain when you were talking when you were saying that Triple H quote, I was thinking, yo, what if they did the bloodline versus all the people that Roman Reigns beat in a in a war games match? So you can do like, uh, you can do Owens, uh, McIntyre, uh, Strowman. Now that he's back. You can do, um, fuck it, throw Seth Rollins in there for fun. And, um, shit, give me another one. Um, well, Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio. Oh, if yeah, watch, Rey Mysterio. Boom. Boom. If you go painting, you can go Rey. Well, Rey and Edge have got a, a bit of a thing going at the oh, minute. Shit, Edge. I'll, I'll put Edge in there. Yeah, Edge. Well, kind of, I, I've been right in my brain. I wouldn't mind seeing. Judgment Day go up against the Bloodline because oh, Finn, Balor, Finn Balor had Roman beat before the rope snapped. Yeah, you could easily fuck it. Throw Rhea's been you know t- 
teasing I guy. I was about to say, put Rhea in that match. Fucking put Rhea in there. I reckon she dragged all people. Rhea, Dom, Damien, and Balor versus Roman, Jimmy, G, and Sokoa. Let's fucking do it. <laughs> Yo, that would be so sick. And then double down on having the woman in the match. Have her start the shit. They don't back down, double down. That's what we're going to do. Because, <laughs> like, she, like, like um, Rhea's been all about, um, like, she's been advocating for um, intergender matches <laughs> and wanting to uh, wrestle some of the guys. Because if, if, if someone's going to do it on the main roster out of the ladies, I think the first one to consider would be Rhea. And if we're going to double down and put Judgment Day in a War Games match, have her start the damn match. I think that'd be so damn cool. And her star would skyrocket. Like, imagine the headlines of WWE having an intergender match and it's kick-ass war game stipulation and Rhea starts it and lasts the whole thing. I think that'd be really cool. Mm -hmm. Let's talk um, the the lady-specific match, a... Triple H said about having a male and a female war games. Um, I think Judgment Day, they'll be no Judgment Day. Um, damage Control. They, they're a few in to be one of the teams, I think. Oh, yeah. Damage Control and insert heel friend here that isn't with Damage Control um, against a bunch of baby faces. I think that, that could totally work. And a lot of those folks who are on the main roster now, some of them have War games experience. Yep. Yeah. So that'd be that's that's something that I guarantee that they'll play into. I know um Eo Shirai or Eo Sky to calling her now, uh Dakota Kai. Um like so there are some folks who um who have at least been announced and may or may not have competed in war games matches and that could totally rule. This, this is that's I love that they're doing that. That makes me so happy. No offense to the traditional Survivor Series stipulation, but I'm I'm all about the war games. Love it. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, we we could even do three on three on three because I'm thinking you do damage control, you do Bianca, Asuka, and Alexa Bliss. What if we call up Toxic Attraction? I was oh my god, I was just thinking that. <laughs> We're on the same wavelength, Ross, and I, I love it. I'm loving everything you're saying. <laughs> but of course, it's not me that gets final decision. It's Big Papa H, and hey, the man's been on a roll so far. And providing providing Logan Paul doesn't win at Crown Jewel, the man is still undefeated in my mind. <laughs> well, he Drew didn't win the the big belt, so I'm kind of salty on that. But I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to consider that an L. I'm not going to call that a loss. I'm just a little bear, just a little bit. I I spoke to Stephen about this. I said, I'm glad, I'm not glad that he didn't win, but I'm, and it's not that I was bitter that I wasn't in Cardiff because, you know, I was on a three-week fucking holiday in the sun, so I can't exactly be bitter. Um, it's more the fact that I didn't want to be on holiday when that historic rain ended. I want to be watching it live, so I was kind of glad that Drew lost. <laughs> Word. Okay. Yeah, just from a selfish perspective. Now that you can say it was selfish. Oh, oh, absolutely. It was hundred percent selfish. But you know, 
Logan Paul wins this thing at Saudi Arabia, I will curse my selfishness. Like, I didn't mean it. <laughs> but yeah, is fingers there been, crossed, man. Fingers crossed. Is there much more happening this week in the world of professional wrestling that we've maybe missed out? Oh, geez. Um, I mean, the central curse um, is forever and always a thing. Watch, um, watch Mercedes Cash, whatever Sasha Banks' AEW name is going to be. Watch her pop up on <laughs> Rampage. Um, <laughs> But um, I don't think so. No, I think obviously you guys, when I wasn't here, really covered everything that was that was happening in in the world of wrestling when I wasn't here. Everything that happened. This has kind of been one of the tame nights, apart from um, apart from Dynamite. This has been a sort of tame week. And and if we miss something, then there's always next week. Oh, exactly, exactly. I'm looking at the news here. Nothing, nothing really groundbreaking. Yeah, nothing, nothing much that's not we've not already discussed. Boom, nailed it. We've nailed it. We've nailed it 100. It's been it's been a kinky week to get back in. I'm sort of off my rhythm, but I'll be back next week. Back to full fitness. You know what I mean. <laughs> But thank you very much, Chris, for joining me and guiding me through this past week. No doubt, man. Happy to be here. Happy to be back. And hopefully I don't go months without being on Central again. So we'll have to change that. Yeah. Well, it's it's the time it's the time difference and then it's if you're working late, I'm working early. So it's like, oh shit, we can't do this. So but right. Try we'll try to get together, we'll try and make it happen a lot more. You know, I'll, I'll try and make sure you're not stuck with the interim host, Scott McLeod. You're, you're with him. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we, we love Scott. We love Scott over here. So, um, yeah, but we'll, we'll figure it out, man. We'll figure it out. <laughs> a bit of bias to make Lopez with cheese there, but I'm going to let that slide. Never <laughs> <laughs> and always, man. Don't forget uh, our massive back catalogue of News, reviews, previews, and interviews. It's all there on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. You can find it on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, and Android. At Suplex Retweet, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, you name it, we're on it. And of course, the Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet community over on Facebook. Join in the conversation there. And thank you for listening. I'll be back next week. From now, Chris, bye bye. Hi, I'm Scott McLeod. And I'm Grant McGrobby. We are the hosts of the monthly show on Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat East Meets West where we'll bring you all the latest happenings, reviews and big events from New Japan and the land of the Far East. You can remember to check that out on the Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat podcast feed on all good Android podcasting sites like Anchor, Spotify or iTunes now. Sports Social Podcast Network.